listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Kyrie and Giselle and Joel and Gordon Damer, we're here till midnight here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Professor Damer. No professor this week, Larry. None whatsoever. What? Kids have spring break this week, so I get a nice week off. Wait, 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 wait. Spring I get, break. I, I get they, they've been home week. the past month. No, what do you mean spring, spring break? break is for the parents. Oh, the spring oh, okay. break is for the parents. The kids have off, but yeah, it's it's mostly a mental break for the parents, and, and, that, and that includes me because I need a break from them. So that gives you time to get your lesson plan up for uh, how long is this? How long is <laughs> right. this break for? Could be a while. Could be a while. Feels How was like your weekend, my friend? Warm. It was fantastic. It was very, very nice. Although it was, you know, it was very nice to be able to spend some time with family. And, you know, we have a very close circle, our family. So mm. um, it was nice to be able to, uh, to, you know, just kind of focus inward and, and just, you know, count your blessings, uh, mm-hmm. especially, in a you know, with Easter over the weekend and celebrating Easter. Because while it was nice to be able to do that, you look at some of the news that came out this weekend, it was very, yeah. very difficult to take. It really was. And we'll talk about that. Some of that even overlapped to today, Gordon, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, and just for us here, uh, the grandkids were the story, Gordon. Uh, young Nova, for, uh, who will be four in August, had an Easter egg hunt indoors that you can't believe. She was very busy, Gordon, very busy. Easter egg hunt, making cupcakes, frosting cupcakes. Um, the older grandson, Jermaine, was busy with bunny rabbits and video games. It was, it was a hectic, hectic Easter. Hectic yeah, Easter. We, we, we did the, uh, we did the egg hunt here. And then we, the only, pl- the only people we have seen during this time has been my in-laws. Uh, because they don't see anybody either, and they're not that far away. So that mm-hmm. the kids like to see them. So we had an egg hunt here, an egg hunt there. So egg hunts ah. were good for 2020. Excellent. Yeah. A lot of boiling going on in the day. <laughs> oh, no. Me. These are the plastic eggs. We're not oh, wasting I thought eggs. Oh, come on. Oh, no, no, no. We're not wasting One or two real yet. ones, Gordon. Throw no. them in there. One or two real ones. <laughs> no, because my kids will give up searching for them, and then we'll find them <laughs> six months from now. <laughs> <laughs> that's never that's never good. We we found a couple of uh of the uh the eggs from last year. We reused the plastic eggs. They hadn't even been opened. The Skittles were that. still in there. I said, "Look, Look at, at that. that. Consider my job done." There's another one. Daddy uh, knocked out of the park. See, there you go. You you're getting yeah. the hang of this, Gordon. So you got to get the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly much more than uh, algebra. Oh, uh, well, you know, but that's coming. You're getting, you getting <laughs> give yourself credit. You're doing better than what you're leading on. It's good for radio, but you you're better. You're better than what you're better yeah, than what you're know. leading on. I don't know, my man. I don't know. Some <laughs> well, of those algebra prep, I'm telling you right now, if I didn't have Google, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Google is teaching me, and then I'm passing it on to the kids. It's that, all there from you go. Google. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, Gordon, uh, it was so funny. I was thinking about our conversation last week, and we were dwelling on some of the really bad Nick teams. And, boy, have there been some really bad Nick teams. <laughs> we and, um, week. Yeah, we were talking about some really bad Nick players. So I was thinking, to start the week off, I wanted to do say something positive about the Knicks if I could. Something well, positive. I haven't lost so, the game in about a month. I know that Exactly. Much. Well, that's number one. Okay. And it took me all weekend, but I came up with this. And here's our <laughs> trivia question. <laughs> yeah, you texted me like 3 o'clock today. I got it. I got it. Well, I spent all weekend right. on it, so at yeah. least I could give you a little idea, a little heads up. There you go. Um, at the ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Here's your Twitter poll question. It's a little long, 
But here it is. So if we say the two best teams in Nick history were the championship teams, okay, that's two. Right. And the 94 and 99 teams who lost in the finals were the next two. Which of these round out the fifth? So which of these are the fifth best team in Nick history? Is it the 96-97 team that was 57-25? and 25? Is it the 2012-2013 team that was 54-28? and 28? Or is it the 88-89 team led by Rick Pitino, the bomb squad Knicks that were 52-30? and 30? Or you may say, Larry Gordon, it's none of those. None of the above. Weigh in. And you can also weigh in on the phones at 1-800-919-3776, as I mentioned, on Twitter, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer. So, Gordon, for me, this was this was kind of tricky. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to give everybody a decade. So I gave mm-hmm. people who loved the Knicks in the sure. 80s, I gave them that team. I gave them the 90s Knicks, which, which is really crazy because for me, Gordon, uh, covering the Knicks during that time, that was as good as we can remember, right? That, that, that's when you want to have, uh, consistency and sustained success. That's what that team was in the nineties. They were always in the postseason. Think about this, Gordon. There was a time when they said, I remember going to a press conference and talking to players when they were like, you know what? We kind of want to, the way the the league is shaping up, the way the conference is shaping up, if we finish second, then we wouldn't we would meet the Bulls in the conference finals, as opposed to if we met, if we finish first, and we would meet them in the semifinals. That's a, can you imagine that? Next, we don't have to come in first; we could come in second. Gordon, they would kill for that right now. Kill, yeah, no, absolutely. kill for that option. Yeah, absolutely. Kill for that option. And that's the way it was in the nineties because they had sustainable success. Now, did they go on to win the championship? No, but Gordon, you had hope at the beginning of every season after Riley came here, you had hope that this team could possibly give you, give you joy in the postseason. It's been a long time since we've had that. Yeah. And there was a time, yeah, look, if it ever were to get back, to that, if you could line up all the teams in this town and put them all on equal footing and give them all the same level of success, there's no question in my mind that this town would still be a New York Knicks town. Uh-huh. Uh, when the Knicks are good, and look, they haven't been good in a very long time, and so I mean, basically outside of you know a little sprinkle here or there, it's been pre- pretty much two decades since they've been good. But if yep. they ever could be good again, and I don't mean just good, I mean like title contention kind of good, you know, mm-hmm. top two or three in the, in the East kind of good, where you feel like you have a superstar player, you have some role players, and you're in the mix for a championship when the season starts, and if everything goes right, mm-hmm. I think that this would still be a Nick town. So, um, it's been a very, very long time, but, People don't realize for all the time, I think we said, that, I might have said this last week, if the Jets won a Super Bowl, Yankees, Giants, whatever you want to say, if the Knicks won a title with the amount of time that it's been and the fandom and the dot, I mean, there's no bigger set of diehard fans in New York. There might not be diehard fans of anywhere like mm. Knicks fans. Who have been long-suffering. <laughs> long suffering. Who've been long suffering? They, they felt like they were long suffering when it was in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, they it's felt true. like back. You know, it's, look, it's been since you know the seventies and since we've won. Yep. Think about, <laughs> think about complaining about that now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it was, it was, it was. Uh, and then, of course, Gordon, there was the twenty twelve twenty thirteen Knicks, 
who, uh, with Mike Woodson coming back and, and mm-hmm. holding guys accountable. And that was the thing that he always said. And when you spoke to the players, Gordon, that's what he had made it clear to them. Defensively, it's about holding you accountable. If you didn't play D, Gordon, he sat you down. And so he was really, yes, and, and yes, he would even yell at Carmelo. Yes, he did. He would even yell at Carmelo. His biggest challenge though on that team, Gordon, was which J.R. Smith was going to show up for each game. Would it be the one that would hit the three easily, like six man of the year talent? Or would it be the one that's, you know, tying other people's shoelaces at the free throw line? It was like, right. which J.R. Smith was coming in? But that team obviously was the team that went the furthest of, of late that we can remember. And Gordon, 2012, 2013 feels like the 70s, I mean, because the teams have been so bad since then. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been the worst that it's ever been since then. So, I mean, I just tell – and it's not like it's been great at other times, but at least then, you know, I think when they got uh, Tyson Chandler, mm-hmm. that was – you know, like that that was the time where you're like, wait a second, this – you know, this th- – there might actually be something coming together here. And unfortunately, it was – it felt like such a – such a fleeting moment, didn't it? It felt like it yeah. was here and it was gone almost as fast. And and since it's left, it has been just one thing after another where, I mean, really, it, it feels like the Knicks, you're right, long suffering. But the, the real suffering has come in the last five years. Since the Phil Jackson regime and everything oh. that's happened since then, oh. I mean, th- this is as bad as it has ever gotten. Yeah, it, you're right. And what makes it so bad, Gordon, is because... You had hope. I'll speak for myself, and I'm raising both my hands up in the air. I thought it was a good idea to bring him here. I did. I, I thought, here's a guy, all right, maybe he didn't have general manager experience, but he knows talent. He, he knows talent when he sees it. He knows how to put pieces together. He knows coaching. Okay, so he knows how to use proper talent. So me, old naive Larry, figured, hey, you know, look, bring him here. He knows how to win. He's he's got rings. He's got coaching rings. He's got player rings. He's a throwback to the past with the glory years when the Knicks won their first two championships. He'll know what to do. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I I was not a huge fan of the move. I would be lying if I thought if I thought at the time that it would turn out to be as bad as it did. I mean, mm-hmm. it turned out to be as bad as it, and, and they're still kind of picking up the pieces, right? I mean, I was listening to Carlin there uh, right before we came on. Mm-hmm. He was talking about Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you know, you, you talk mm-hmm. about the NFL draft. If you miss on a quarterback, it sets you back for five years. It sets you back for three years. Mm-hmm. The moves of Phil Jackson and the miss moves of Phil Jackson are still being felt right now. And it doesn't even feel like right now, once you get, you know, we get some resolution to this season, you get into another draft. It doesn't feel like there's any real hope. I mean, I like I like R.J. Barrett. I like Mitchell Robinson. But it doesn't really feel like there's any hope right now of anything mm-hmm. turning around anytime soon. I mean, let me throw some numbers at you, Gordon. Since right. 54 and 28, 37 and 45, I don't know 17 and 65. Since. <laughs> Seventeen combined. Seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they have but they have, but it just feels yeah, like that. Just barely, right? <laughs> right. Seventeen and sixty five. Thirty two and fifty. Thirty one and fifty one. Thirty two. Thirty two is like, whoa, we well we won thirty two hey, games hey, at you. All right. Wow. Yeah. I mean and, seventeen. Twice seventeen in a twice season. I mean in four years. Twice. You know, I mean seventeen and, in a season. That's like that would be like winning thirty four baseball games. Exactly. 
exactly. mean, that would be like winning 34, losing 130 games in mm-hmm. a year. Yep. And you're talking it, early you know, Mets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's as bad Casey as it's Stengel been. Mets. Yeah. It's yep. been as bad as it has been. Awful. If we say the two best teams in Nick history were the championship teams, you may disagree, but I mean, <laughs> you win the championship, no, you can't look, give it better I mean, than yeah, that. Yeah, right. You can't. Okay. Yeah. Then the next two would be the 94 and 99 teams. Now, you could interchange either one you think is three or four. We'll leave that open because both of them lost in the final. So you say they were the next best two. Which I would of say these... 94. I'd say 94 I agree. third. Yeah, because that team you felt like had a re- – I mean, they had yes. a real shot. You know, when they got into the finals in 99, it was it was a great run. It was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't really think that anybody really thought that they were going to beat the Spurs that year. No. As a matter of fact, they were lucky to even get to the playoffs. And, and what was funny right. is because they weren't really – they had issues during that season, the strike short in the season, the, the split sure. and everything, and they had mm-hmm. issues and stuff, personnel problems and stuff, new guys coming in, just trying to get them, you know, integrated into the, into the team and the offense and everything. And so they get on this run and they're in the finals and you're like, oh, if only Ewing could play. Yeah. If, if only he could play, they, they, you know, they, they might, they might make it a little more entertaining in that, in that Larry Johnson four point play L, put, holding up the L with the, uh, sure. two arms. You know, it might would have been, been that way. So those are the those are the four teams. Which are which are these are the fifth best team? Is it the ninety six, ninety seven Knicks who were fifty seven and twenty five? Is it the twenty twelve, twenty thirteen Knicks with Carmelo and crew, fifty four and twenty eight? Or was it the eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty nine Knicks who were fifty two and thirty? Or you may say none of the above. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, you know, the NFL draft is right around the corner. We're here at 98.7 ESPN celebrating the return of football with the draft challenge. Here's how it works. By Give correctly it predicting. I need, I need something you to need keep this, my right? mind occupied. There you go. Here we go. Listen carefully. By correctly predicting the results of the first 11 picks. You can win not one, not two, not three, but four tickets. Four tickets to the Jets home opener, plus the jersey of the Jets first pick. It's a lot, right? If you're a Jet fan, that works. It's going to, to be enter, a defensive tackle, right? They're going to take another tackle? Uh, Defensive, offensive. Round. Yeah. <laughs> no, not an be... offense. I mean another defense. They're going to take another defensive tackle just you to think have so? fans lose their minds. <laughs> Look, maybe they go wide receiver in the first round. How about that? Certainly could use one. Yep. To enter a text draft to 44202, followed by your picks listed 1 through 11. We'll assign a point for every correct pick and two points for a correct Jets and Giants pick. If you think there'll be a trade, just use the word trade for that pick. It's all from your home for the NFL draft. We are 98.7 ESPN. Going before we get back to the phones. Yes. After the first fight. After the fight. Okay. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s daddy, the crossover king, Tim Hardaway, said in the post-game presser, which I was in attendance of, for, and Gordon, you remember that uh, the, the, the ruling they had not long put in, if you leave the bench area. Right, yeah, step even if you okay. take a step or two, right. Exactly. So Ewing took a step, but I don't think he's, his foot hit the floor. Yeah, hit the court. He took it a was step, never but didn't clear, hit the court. Really, that he was. Exactly. I mean, it was clear he was not looking to mix it up. He was, you know, just trying to, I think, move out of the way, not necessarily even, even get on the court. And Tim Hardaway said, "It's going to be very interesting to see what the NBA does 
very interesting. I saw Patrick Ewing walk on the court. It's going to be very interesting. So they claimed that he stepped on the court. That's how he got one of the games off. Gordon, if he could have got, if he had played in both those games, Knicks would have wiped them out. Well, game six, that was the one that Ewing missed, I'm almost positive, because that yes. was the one that Morning had like the monster game. He had like 30 points and 12 rebounds. He blocked a bunch of shots. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that was also the game. He hit like a big three with like a like two minutes to go, and that kind of like put the, the, the capper on it. And maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like game seven, maybe it was my own emotional sense, but I felt like when they lost game six the way they did, I was flat, and I feel like my memory is that they kind of came out flat. Maybe that's mm. wrong. Maybe that was not the case, and I'm pretty sure t- Game 7 was the one that Hardaway had the big game. But yeah. Game 6, obviously, Morning would not have that same game if Ewing had been in there. No, no, no. He he was able to he was able to kind of deal with him, Gordon. I don't know whether it was a respect factor. I, think I don't know bit. what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a little bit. Well, this is the guy, you know, I, I looked up to him. He was my idol. We went to the same school. John Thompson talked about him all the time. We used to work out together, blah, 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 blah. And so I, I think that had kind of an effect on him. But, um, man, that was – that's when the Knicks – I know you're a Dolphins fan, but that's when the Knicks just – they just hated Miami. I mean, it was just – Oh, yeah. And, oh, and obviously with Riley going there. You absolutely. Know, Riley's down there now and, you know, with the – with, with, with the faxed res- resignation oh, Pat letter. Pat the Rat, of course. Oh, he was Pat the Rat before he came and he was Pat the Rat yeah, when he, he left. Yeah, he was definitely Pat the Rat when he, <laughs> but you know what? It was telegraphed that, that whole season, it seemed like before he left, that last year that he was there. Yeah. It seemed pretty well telegraphed that he was going to leave, that he was not happy with something. And it certainly seemed like his fe- feeling was, you know what? This team needs to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You think about back now, like maybe, you know, in the moment nobody wanted to rebuild. It was about capturing a championship with Patrick Ewing and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But in hindsight, clearly that might have been the better way to go and put the faith in. Because think about how long it's been since the Knicks have had a decision maker that you could have trust in, right? Yep. I mean, Pat Riley yep. was one of the, I mean, a very short list of people there that you can put up mm-hmm. higher than him. Yep. Him, Dave Checkets, they seem to work together. And then they didn't. <laughs> so yep. it was just one of those things. It really was. Marvin's in the Bronx. Hey, Marvin, you're next on 987 ESPN. What's up, Larry? What's up, Gordon? Marvin, Look, I'm going to take you back to history. My fifth team is the 68-69 team because the Dave the Busher trade happened on my mother's birthday. And okay. from that moment on, it became a great season. Then I'll go back into the 50s. The Knicks lost the seventh game in the finals because the referee – didn't see a ball going to basket with Al McGuire. That Al McGuire, which should have been a mm. three-point play, and the Knicks should have won that series. And that would have been their first championship. Wow. Wow. I hear you, Marvin. You, you, yeah. You're taking this back. A little history lesson, Marvin. That's a good one. That's right. Al McGuire. Well, t- wow. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The referee didn't see the ball going to basket. Mm. And he didn't, it should have been a three-point play, and they would have won that game and won the series. You could look it up. But that 68-69 team, when the Bushes showed up, and as Marv Alvin said in the LP, that trade rocked the NBA. Yeah. And I got to, I got, I got to tell you, I got to know Red Holzman uh, years later and, mm-hmm. and Leonard Lewin, the great sports writer. And they said mm-hmm. because of that, for a long period, teams didn't want to trade to the Knicks. Because I really? tell young Knicks fans, there was, used to be a saying before ESPN, as the Knicks went, so did the NBA. Yeah. It's a long time ago, Marvin. Thanks for the phone call. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> if that was the Luckily case, now going to the NBA, the NBA would be in no big trouble. The case. 
and be in big trouble right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they haven't played a game in a month. Maybe that maybe that is the case. Maybe that is still true. Maybe that is. You know, it's funny that Marvin said that, Gordon, because when you talk to to Walt Frazier, he will tell you that them the year before the championship, them being able to, even though they lost to Boston. Them being able to go toe to toe and have the confidence to feel that sure. eventually they could take them gave them the confidence that they couldn't wait to start the next season because right. yeah, you got the Bush area. So you got that, 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 that power forward who could be strong, but could also shoot from the outside. And now you got, you know, you got a pretty good front line with him and Willis and Bradley running people around like they're crazy through picks and screens. So that mindset took them into the next season. You know what? It used to feel, maybe it is still the case. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it is anymore. It used to feel like that was the case in like all the sports, right? Like you had mm-hmm. to, you kind of had to, to, to show that you could match up, even if you didn't win in that year. But like you think about in the NBA when, when the Pistons had to get by the Celtics and then the Bulls had to get by the Pistons or in the NFL with the Giants when they had to, you know, uh, I think it was the Redskins was the team that they had to beat and then they lost the one year and then they came back the next year and they, they, they were able to beat them. I mean, it just, or no, the Bears, maybe the Bears. Yeah, the Bears was 85, Giants were 86. So, you know, it just felt like that was the case. It doesn't really feel like that's the case anymore. Maybe it's more younger players are playing at an earlier time. They don't wait to play. So now mm-hmm. you just kind of have to capitalize when you get that opportunity. But it used to feel like that was always the case, that you had to, like, show that you could measure up against the, the, the former champion before you could overtake them. In the words of Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Look, Ric Woo! Flair, I don't know how he came up with that, but, man, is that saying ever true, man. That That is the great – I'd love to know how he came up with that that phrase because that phrase transcends wrestling. It transcends everything. I mean, that, that is completely true in all sports. But what changed, Gordon, was the fact that players started to get more control of where they wanted to go. Because yes. you, you look at teams that, like you mentioned, you look at that Detroit team. Gordon, Isaiah Thomas didn't want to leave to go join Magic Johnson with the Lakers. Right. Um, Jordan didn't want to leave to join Larry Bird with the Celtics. They, they wanted to beat them. They wanted to stay together and beat each other. You know, that was their, that was their point to as crazy as it seems going to the point that Patrick Ewing, when they finally got past the Bulls on a Hubert Davis shot, um, some free throws. Ewing was like, yeah, we beat them. We're happy we beat them, but we wanted to beat them with Jordan. Like that, that was the sure. mindset. That, oh, that yeah, was it. Okay. Cool. Oh, we, yeah. Jordan's not here. So you beat him. Yeah. It doesn't mean as much. And that was that mindset. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. It was that way. Yeah. It definitely they, was. I mean, they, they got by that series by the, I mean, the Hugh Holland's call, as you mentioned, <laughs> and they got by the skin of their teeth. That's right. That's it. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I asked the uh, I asked the Alexa today about the weather, and I don't know if, uh, if everybody does this now, but like mm-hmm. it'll tell you the weather, and it says then says have a nice day. I'm thinking to myself, really? yeah, Alexa, you're too late on that boat, sweetie. It's uh, it's already gone. There's no chance of that happening today. Don't know if Alexa's up on the data of the news or anything, but no, no, Alexa's not. No, no, Alexa's just Alexa's very optimistic about everything. <laughs> <laughs> about everything. Maybe I should ask her about the Knicks. 
And she would have come up with this question. If we say the two best teams in Nick history were the championship teams and the 94 and 99 teams who lost in the finals were the next two, which of these are the fifth best team? Is it the 96, 97 team, 57 to 25? Is it the 2012, 2013 team, 54 and 28? Is it the 88 or 89 team, 52 and 30? Or is it none of the above? Gordon, 55%, well over 55%, like your team. The 96-97 team that was 57 and 25. Uh, 25, a little over 25% love the Carmelo team. 6.7% love the 80s. And none of the above come in at 12.9%. So that's the early polling. Early so, polling. So the ones that say none, uh, are they giving suggestions? Uh, some have. Okay. Uh, and let me go on Twitter and give you a couple, Gordon. Some have. Um one person said they liked the let me find it. Let me find it. It's a long it's a long thread here. A lot of folks. A lot of folks have something to say. Uh was it twenty twelve thirteen team would have given Knicks would have gave LeBron <laughs> Heatles <laughs> problems in the Eastern Conference Finals, but that ninety six, ninety seven team was ready to rumble. Uh thought the ninety one ninety two team was more fun with X Man Punk and Scotty. So that yeah, they like was that. a fun player to root for that year. He really was. He yeah, he really, was really was. Um, at Cartmel, all three of those, I would have to say the 96, 97 team, but I'm thinking the 92, 93 team is up there as well. So, and, um, Frankie Papa loved the 83, 84 team, uh, of the Knicks. So there's a, there's a couple of folks that have, uh, you know, a couple of other ones there. That that's that's the that's the Bernard and the Kings team, right? <laughs> Under Hubie Brown, who uh, where he had just a phenomenal bunch of like fifty fifty games. You know, he he was just he was just amazing, amazing. So that's the Hubie. Listen to listen to the <laughs> listen to the team, Gordon. All right, Bill Cartwright. So they went they went um, back then with the two two big centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvin Webster, who was okay. who was coveted heavily, they signed him. He was in Denver with the Nuggets, and they signed him for a huge amount of money. Uh, so they were your centers. You had the late Ray Williams out of uh, you know New Ro- out of uh, New Rochelle, uh, up in uh, in uh, Westchester. Okay, you had Len Elmore on that team, who's been doing NCAA games seems like ever since he left the NBA. Uh, Grunfeld and Bernard. Lewis Orr was on that squad. Truck Robinson was on that squad. Obviously, Trent Tucker and um, Rudy Macklin was on there. And here, here's a name. Here's the name, Gordon. That if you need to uh, get an extra uh, adult beverage, and you ask folks who was the backup power forward on that team, Eric Fernston. I don't believe I've ever heard that name before. There you go. See, <laughs> that's how you get. That's how you get that extra right. adult beverage, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I do it with the gray hair. The gray hair nah. seems to do it as well. <laughs> I, yeah, sure it does. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Bull is in the Bronx. Hey, Bull, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hey, what's going on, guys? Glad to hear y'all back. Missed y'all over the weekend, definitely. Same Thanks, here, Bull. What's going on, man? Hey, listen. Um, obviously, the two chip seasons they speak for themselves. With the 94 and the 99, I mean, uh, most people, I think, are saying 94 was the next one, but I could see how somebody could say 1999 was a little bit more enjoyable. 
1994 was like that Alanis Morissette song. It was a jagged little pill to swallow with that going up them three games, to, you know, and, and, and not winning. Yeah. You know, that, that, was, that was tough, man. But with the 97 team, I felt the same way like how you did, Gordon. I really liked that team. I thought they had a chance to really go somewhere. But you know what was crazy? With, with, the, um, with the fight. The, the problem that the Knicks had wasn't even really that fight. It was that fight in 1993 when Greg Anthony came off the bench and was banging KJ's head off the floor. Mm. You know, the, the league, you know, they held that against the Knicks for a minute. And, you know, in this kind of situation, uh, right. you know, they they, they, they would have, you know, I, I feel like they, well, everybody, they went overboard. Yeah, they overcorrected know? on it. Yep. They overcorrected it. And then, you know, you started having all those rules about, you know, the way you had to dress. And it kind of was like... um the league was phasing out the Knicks. You know what I'm talking about? They did, and, and they didn't have the protection of Pat Riley because, you know, Miami was doing some of the same stuff, man. You know, they were, they were doing the same stuff. But, you know, when the coach is like a legendary coach, you know, it, 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 they treated them different. Yeah, they did, uh, Buddha. There's no question about it. And, and it's very – and look, but, just, but look, it, it was kind of – in a lot of ways they were – almost mirror images of each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cause they signed Alonzo morning. So to play their center position and obviously Tim Hardaway and, and, and the killer crossover, which is still just, just, I can still see him breaking ankles. He, he could go on the court and break some ankles today uh, with yeah. that crossover that he had, but it was their attitude. And, and it was what Pat Riley did, Buddha and Gordon. He, he, what made him so good, and I realized it when he got here, because it's easy to be good when you got Magic and Kareem and Worthy and mm-hmm. that crew. But what he did was very simple. He saw who he had, and he adjusted the game to the talent he had. He never forced them to play the the Lakers brand of ball because he knew they couldn't. And so yeah, when he mean, saw what he had, and he he adapted to them. He said, "Look, this is what we got to do. We got to play tough physical defense and score some baskets, and we'll be okay." And that's what they did. I mean, he left us high and dry, you know, and, um, you know, the grass was greener. We're glad he didn't get a ring over there until, you know, Dwayne Wade came, you know, with Shaq. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, th- to be honest with you, uh, you know, not only did the, the, the league, they, they treated the Knicks differently, but they, you know, they, they didn't respect Van Gundy either. You know, he was a nobody, mm-hmm. a, a new name at that time. And I just feel like, you know, they just they were just trying to phase that whole style of play out of the league. Yes. At that, you know, that's what I it think, was. Yeah, that's what happened, absolutely. man, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right, Boone. I mean, they weren't Thanks wrong. For the they weren't hmm? wrong, right? I mean, no, like no. it's not. It was not the the the. You know, when you go back to that time, and there's there's plenty of times where the Knicks are scoring 15 points in a quarter. It's not always the prettiest basketball to watch. Yep, it wasn't. But it was. It was. They they were the end of that era. I mean, you know, that was the yes. era that Detroit started, mm-hmm. and and they were as physical as anybody was. Uh, but of course, they had listen. It's a little different when you're playing physical, but you got Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars <laughs> and Vinnie Microwave Johnson coming off the bench scoring for you. It's a little prettier than what the Knicks had, which was Patrick Ewing and whoever else is going to be hot on the night. <laughs> and then you play physical mean, basketball. That was the mistake of Riley's time here, that they never were able to find that secondary guy to play alongside Patrick. You know, they did. They did okay with, you know, with Starks and, you know, Oakley obviously is, you know, a Nick legend and stuff like that, but they never found that secondary all-star player to put alongside Patrick. And that's, you know, that's the failure of the Pat Riley uh, era in New York with the Knicks. 
Gordon, that's the story of the Knicks' failure after the championship teams. They never, they never had a group of guys who you could rely on together that could go two, three deep scoring wise. Yeah. They never did. Not consistently. Even, even the Carmelo team. Not consistently. It was mellow and, okay, maybe we'll get something from mm-hmm. Stoudemire if he plays. Or maybe we get something from Chauncey Billups. Or maybe we get something from Jason Kidd. They never had. It was never a time when you could say, ooh, it's Bernard King and Patrick Ewing. Right. See, that would have been now that is what you're talking about. But it was like, well, you know, we've we got Allen Houston, and we got John Starks. Right. And we it got, just never, yeah, when they got played. Houston, it was a little too late in Patrick's career. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it just never lined up properly. And, you know, unfortunately for Patrick, when they when they won, that was when I started getting into the Knicks. When they won the draft lottery and they, we knew we were getting Patrick Ewing and, you know, the, the, the guy from Georgetown and everything else, it wasn't that you were thinking, well, maybe one day the Knicks will win a title. You were thinking, okay, the Knicks are now going to be the preeminent team. They got the big guy with the number one pick. They won the draft lottery. That was the expectation, and it just it just never lined up. And unfortunately for Patrick, he was he was the brunt of it. It wasn't his fault. I mean, it was the, the fact of the organization not being able to put secondary pieces around him that matched up. That's right. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, if you have a small business trying to get the word out that you're still serving the community, let us know. We've had over 350 local businesses reach out and we're still sharing their messages. Send an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our listeners. Again, that's 987ESPN at gmail.com. Like stuffed grass-fed burgers. They're located at 150 Valley Road in Montclair, New Jersey. They serve stuffed cheeseburgers using 100% grass-fed beef. We're named Best Burger in Jersey. They're open for pickup from noon to 7.30 every day. Call ahead at 973-943-1264 or visit them online at stuffedgrassfedburgers.com. And I Larry can speak Harsley, to those Gordon burgers, Damon. Larry. They are fantastic. Oh, so you've had them? I have had them in the past, absolutely. Oh. They are great. So did you stop there for dinner? Or lunch? Uh, yeah, that was a dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I've not done it recently. I've not during, done it during the quarantine, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I've had them before, and they they have fantastic fries. Everything there mm. is delicious. I sense a call or website visit from the from the Damer household in the near future. Oh, it's 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 happening. It's happening at some point. Don't worry. <laughs> have no fear. Uh, is there a pizza place nearby that you can order dinner and breakfast? Uh well, I don't believe that they're open for breakfast, but I, I think it's only because they haven't thought of it. <laughs> You should send them a note. Look, if my wife is having mid-afternoon wine, I can have breakfast pizza. (laughs) Is she really? I can imagine. You know, sometimes. Yeah, I know. I understand. Yeah. Believe me, I got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Trey. There is absolutely nothing wrong with a little vino at lunchtime. Right. It's good for the blood, they say. It's good for the book. Thank you. That Very good. Very well. So I hope you guys are doing well. Your family's doing okay? Yes. Everybody's good. How about you? Awesome. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Staying healthy, staying sterile. So just go, you know, listen to what they tell us, and let's, let's get this over with already. Absolutely. Um, uh, I definitely want to say a big rest in peace to uh, Carl Anthony Towns' mom, man. That's 
oh, man, that just take the wind out you because you saw how emotional, like you said, he was when he was uh, delivering his little, uh, I guess it was an Instagram video or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, you know, so let's wrap, our, let's wrap our arms around him tonight and his family for sure. Um, but, uh, I, you know, that 96-97 Gordon, mm, that was a good – I'm gonna say 92-93. We should have won. We should have won a championship that year. Uh, I think Larry has spoken on it before. Uh, I just <sighs> Charles Smith. Charles <laughs> yeah. Smith. I tried. That's why I left that team out. I, listen. Charles what do you Smith, say to me all the I mean, time? Don't do mention Charles Smith. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I purposely. I purposely yeah. left that one out because of that. I didn't. I didn't want to go through that again. And I totally understand why. I mean, it, it, you know, it's definitely a sore spot, man. We we pull Band-Aids up. You know what I'm saying? This is what we do. <laughs> we we peeling back old scabs, man, and they bleed Nick Gushing blood, too. So it's not – so sometimes it's not – that means it's unresolved. You know what I mean? So, yep. you know, hopefully, you know, on the 19th they don't show that, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll bring up – Oh, no, that's going to be on. Oh, sure come they on. will. Come on, yeah, we have on. nothing to do with 1998, but I promise you there will be a 15-minute segment <laughs> about the Knicks and how they had to persevere to beat us at something. It's, it's going down. It's, that's going to happen. But like I said, I, I, I'm going to go 92-93. I think that I think that that team was destined to win a championship. I mean, they had everything, and and and, and well. Uh, Without a Robin, of course, for Batman being Patrick, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I think Gordon hit it right on the head, man. We never got that done. No, nope. and I remember seeing an interview with Bernard King. I think it was the top fifty moments in MSG history, and they asked him. They said, "How many championships?" And before they could get championships out, Bernard King sat up and said, "Multiple," mm-hmm. because there's no way you're telling me Bernard King. Patrick Ewan, and then they were going to draft Mark Jackson. That's your that's your big three right there. Yeah, yep. That's your big three. Now you add complimentary bums. You could add the Stacey Kings and the Cliff Levingston to a team like that <laughs> and win a championship. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I just think we got. I think we got robbed through injuries. Uh, I watched the Nick documentary over the weekend that, that went just up to 1989. So it went up to the Patino Knicks. Mm-hmm. And it was really good, man. I learned a lot. You know, those are some things I didn't know. I, I what Buddha said earlier. I know Marvin. I think Marvin said it earlier when he was talking about the uh, the shot by Al McGuire. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when he said that, I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah." So, you know, we we've been we've been we've been uh, stricken by some some bad luck, man. But I'm gonna go 92-93. That's the team that I think could have won a championship, and I think that could have catapulted us to win another one, even if Mike would have if Mike would have left anyway. I think we could have went back to back. That to me, that ninety two ninety three team could have started a run. You know what I'm saying? And I think we just yeah. got stifled, man. It was it, it, it hurts to say it, man, but the I guess the better team won, man. I hate to say that because it burns me up because I know that we were a layup away. And that was the thing about the Knicks, man. That's what that's why that's why the, the fans endeared so much to them is because you know that, that that was us out there playing ball. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they in the in the eighties they was rad tag, turned the ball over. You know, missed dunks. I was like, man, that's us in the park. You know what I'm saying? So that's <laughs> yeah. so that that's what endeared us to that team, man. And that's why we. That's why I ain't going nowhere, man. We gonna be here, Gordon. You ain't going nowhere either. <laughs> <laughs> Kidnap oh, Gordon, throw, throw a Stars jersey on him. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, Trey. Thanks for the phone call. We'll check in with you soon. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.